0: Well, welcome to this last part of our series on prayer in conjunction with the prayer course that we've been doing in small groups. The subject today is Deliver Us From Evil. And let's read first of all from Matthew's Gospel and chapter six and verse nine to 13. This then, Jesus says, is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil. Three points today, first of all our battle, secondly our weapons and thirdly our victory. Our battle. well jesus prayed told us to pray deliver us from evil for a reason and the reason is that he knew that the battle that we are engaged in is real and that it's something that we would experience in life and needed to call on god to deliver us from the evil one he knew the reality of those things and of course he experienced it himself in the wilderness in his temptations There's a battle for worship, there's a battle for the triumph of good over evil, and we're actually caught up in that as followers of God. Jesus delivered many people from demons himself, and that was another expression of the reality of the need for deliverance from evil. He said to Peter, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat, but don't worry, I've blocked him. No, that's not what he said was it but he said but I've prayed for you that your faith may not fail so Jesus is in that recognizing the reality of the opposition of the evil one to his followers not something that we become immune from and removed from but rather that Jesus has prayed for our strength that our faith won't fail when we do experience such things Peter said to his readers stay alert Watch out for your devil, the enemy. So we do have an enemy. But let's be encouraged by the second point of part of this, which is that we are protected by God. The psalmist says this, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. The Lord stands beside you as your protective shadow. God does restrict the activity of the enemy. And, in fact, the whole of the book of Job really tells that story. What are the battlegrounds that we face? Well, the battlegrounds over which we need to pray, deliver us from evil, are several. There's the kind of maybe the obvious one of the physical battleground for our health and our safety. There's the spiritual battleground for salvation, for worship, for prayer, for witness. There's the emotional battleground for our feelings and whether we're in control or not of those. Similarly, there's a real battleground for our mental health, for our beliefs, for our thoughts, whether we're in control or not of our mind. And then there's a battleground also which is cultural and political. There are forces at work in societies. Ultimately, we've seen that in a horrendous way over the last couple of weeks, haven't we? As George Floyd was brutally murdered at the hands of men doing evil things, but ultimately there's a spiritual force of evil behind that as well, which found cooperation through the evil acts of men. When we pray, Lord God, deliver us from evil, We're calling on God to intervene in all of these different aspects of life and different ways, different battlegrounds that are involved in our lives. I just want to say at this point that we are all made in the image of God. Every single one of us is of equal value. We're made by our Heavenly Father. We're called to fight in scripture against any and all injustice. Let me read you a verse from Micah chapter six. And what does God the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with our God. That's our battle. Secondly, our weapons. We fight evil and injustice, I'd suggest to you in three main ways. The first, which of course is the subject of this, this talk, is prayer itself. To call on God to change hearts, including our own, where we need that. Psalm 139 says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there's any wicked way in me. And so we say to God in these days, Search my heart. Search our hearts search out any wicked ways, including racism, t- racism, in our hearts, and cleanse us. Our weapon is prayer. Our weapon, secondly, is our example, the way we live our lives, living in the opposite spirit, if you like, to the world around us. Whether that be as individuals, for us as a church, where we want to intentionally grow together as one united people of god where every single one of us is not simply attached to the church but is fully belonging to the church we're god's family together and that's our heart for all of us we fight also with words and as somebody Very rightly said recently silence is complicity so we speak out and we speak up and we say today racism is wrong and it's real and we call on God to deliver us from that evil how do we pray well first of all we pray to God let me read you Some words from Exodus chapter 17 and verses 10 to 13 that illustrates this so well. So Joshua fought the Amalekites, as Moses had ordered, and Moses, Aaron and Hur went to the top of the hill. As long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. And the passage goes on to say that Aaron and Hur held Moses' hands up so he could continue to pray because holding hands up was the physical position for prayer. And therefore we know that that's what it represented. And as long as he was holding his hands up, as long as he was praying, they were winning. And eventually Joshua and his army did win. I don't know if you'd been Joshua or one of his one of his men, whether you would have been happy that Moses said okay guys you go and fight put your lives at risk I'm going up the mountain to pray but the story illustrates for us so well that that was the a critical vital element of the battle and so to pray is critical and vital in our lives in our battle against the evil one and to advance the kingdom of God as we pray deliver us from evil. Secondly we don't not only pray to God as Moses did, but we can also, as part of that, pray in a spiritual language, to pray in tongues. And I want to encourage you to do that more and more and more. I had an extraordinary example in my life when a friend of mine I felt in in impelled to compelled to pray for. I didn't know why. Um, so much so that at home i stopped i looked at my watch i prayed for him in tongues for about 10 minutes because i didn't know what else to pray and then discovered the next day that he'd been taken ill and then the day after or a few days later uh, when i saw him again it turned out that he'd been having a heart attack a second one at the exact moment that i'd been compelled to pray and he'd overheard one ambulance man saying to the other i think we're going to lose him that convinced me beyond doubt that God had prompted the prayer. And we can pray in the Spirit, in tongues, and God answers our prayers because the Spirit's prompting them. So let me encourage you not to uh, neglect that gift, but to make sure you we're all making best possible and frequent use of praying in tongues. It's the only spiritual gift, of course, that the scripture says is also to edify us. So if you need edifying, if you need strengthening, praying in tongues is a great way to way to get strengthened. We not only pray to God and pray in the Spirit and in tongues, we also, the Bible says, pray persistently. And in Daniel chapter 10, there's an example of this where uh, God, uh, Daniel prays to God for three weeks and fasts as well before he gets an answer with the visit of an angelic being who describes the answer that God is giving to Daniel. And it's quite a remarkable story. You can read it there in Daniel chapter 10. The point is that there was a battle going on in the heavenly realms that Daniel knew nothing about but as he prayed and fasted God and his hosts fought the battle and was defeating the enemy and of course the same is true for us so we don't need to know everything but we do need to pray and to call on God to deliver us from evil we rely on him to deal with heavenly realms we don't shout at the heavenly beings that's not our place to do that but we do call on God to deal with them And if you want to know more about that, um, strategic spiritual warfare, as it's sometimes called, then please do read Dave Devonish's book, Demolishing Strongholds, which has an excellent biblical material and section on that. Dave is someone who God has anointed enormously to advance the kingdom of God, including a lot of spiritual deliverance in people's lives. And he really has authority and knows what he's talking about in that area. So do have a look at that book. You can find it online. Fourthly, in prayer, we pray for each other. We need deliverance, and there are times when that's true for, I would say, probably all of us. Certainly for me, I know that's been true for me. There have been times when I've found that I've needed to have deliverance prayer from a fellow believer because there was something that I wasn't able to deal with through straightforward repentance, and there was a stronghold in my life that needed to be dealt with. And so let's not be afraid of that. Let's uh, address that and help each other in that way. Again, you can see David Evanish's book for more details on that. Fifthly, in terms of how we pray, it's with fasting. And I don't have time to go into that this morning. But if you'd like to learn more about fasting, then please do look on the prayer course website and look at the tool shed. And there is information there about fasting specifically that will help you so we've looked at two things now let's look at the third our victory our victory jesus has won the devil has been defeated victory is assured but the devil has not been totally destroyed that's why the battle still rages the analogy that i could give you is this it's a bit like a football match the score is 8-1 to us victory is assured there's 10 minutes left But the opposition, the enemy, is still thrashing around, trying hard, getting frustrated, fouling a lot, knowing that he's defeated, as we do too. That's the kind of description the scenario that we find ourselves in. Victory is ours. It is assured. And we can be massively encouraged by that. James says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. Let's pray together now as we close. Father, we want to ask you first of all, to teach us to pray. Teach us to pray, just like the disciples asked you. And thank you for answering their question that we can feed on your answers and grow ourselves. And Lord, we do pray today, deliver us from evil. We do pray that you'll deliver us from the evil within our own hearts, Lord, we say to you, search me, O God, and know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. Thank you, Father, that when we confess our sin, you are faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we receive that from you today. Lord, deliver us from evil within our homes, Forgive us where we've sinned, there, in family relationships. Forgive us, change us, we pray. Deliver us from evil within the church, wherever we have sinned against each other, whether consciously or unconsciously, subconsciously, we've sinned. Lord, forgive us and deliver us from evil, we pray. Protect your church in every way that we need. And Father, in these days especially, we say, deliver us from evil in our society and in our world. God protect you from evil. God protect you from sickness. God protect you from crime. God protect you from bias. God protect you from injustice. God give you his peace in every area of your heart and mind and give us grace to grow together as his family.